Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. I know, I know it's Christmas season, but I, I don't want to do a Christmas message as such. It's gone, it has got a Christmas link uh, in there. But I want, to, I want to talk to you about this phrase that's going to come up on the screen any minute now. Boom, this time next year. But when I hear this time next year because of my age, I want to say, this time next year, Rodney, will be what? We'll be millionaires. Some of you young people haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. It is the greatest sitcom ever. It's on Comedy Channel. It's on Dave. You can just watch it. This time next year, Rodney, Del used to say, we'll be millionaires. And there's this idea that like, like this time next year, you know, everything will be different. Like this time next year, the show's all about this time next year, I'll have lost all that weight. This time next year, I'll have reached all my goals. This time next year, I'll have married the man of my dreams or the girl of my dreams or this time next year. And there's this whole sense of like this time next year, everything will be different. And yet some of us know because we've been around this cycle a few times, this time next year, will be exactly the same, but I'll just look a lot older. And, and, and I read something that made me laugh, actually, that there are two types of people in the world, those who divide the world into two types and those who don't. <laughs> but, 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 but there kind of are two types of people in the world. I think there are those who want to grow and there are those who choose not to grow. And what I want to talk to you, whether you're a follower of Jesus today or not, I want to encourage you to say today, hey, this time next year, I want to have grown. This time next year, I want to have grown. Now, what do I mean? I don't mean grow older because you will have grown older if you're here this time next year. Okay. In fact, you know, one of the, one of the things is that there's a birthday card I read that said, you're only young once, but you can be immature forever. And it's true, isn't it? You know, we can grow older, but it doesn't mean that we grow as a person. And what does it mean? You see, my goal this year for, for 2020 is simply this. This time next year, I want to have grown. I want to have grown as a human being. That means I want to have grown in my relationship with Jesus because I'm a follower of Jesus. But I want to have grown in my marriage. I want to have grown in my, uh, in my relationships. I want to have grown in my capacity. I want to have grown in my leadership. I want to have grown. I don't want to stay the same as I was this year. And, and you know, I, I want to say to you, and we'll be talking about this in, 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 the, in January, you know, when we get on to look at the whole issue of envy. You know, you, know, you should never compare yourself to someone else. Compare yourself to who you were last year. Don't compare yourself to who someone else is today. And so if I compare myself to this time last year, have I grown? Have I grown in my emotional responses? Have I grown in my character? Have I grown in my relationship with Jesus? And I love this story. I've told it so many times, but it's one of my favourites. This little boy, uh, he goes to bed and, and, and he falls out of bed uh, in, in the night and his father picks him up and puts him back to bed uh, and he asked him, son, what happened? And the little boy said, I think I fell asleep too close to where I got in. And it's just such a beautiful little story because I think it's so true of so many of us who come to faith in Jesus. We get in and then we kind of fall asleep. And there's so much more that he wants. It's not just about getting in. It's about growing into the fullness of what it means to follow Jesus. And so if you are a Jesus follower today, and if you're not, I think this is relevant to you as well. If you are, I want to say to you, don't fall asleep just where you get in. Grow. Grow. And I think the whole purpose of Jesus coming to earth wasn't just to get us in, it was to cause us to have a relationship that is a lifelong relationship where we grow more and more to become like a reflection of who Jesus really is. And you see, the sad truth is for many people, 
You know, when you become a Christian, you become a follower of Jesus, what happens is that you're so passionate at the beginning, but over time, that passion begins to drop like that. You were all about faith and risk. And if Jesus said, get out of the boat and walk on the water, you do it. But over time, you think, oh, no, I'm going to get a bit wet now. That's all for younger people. That's for passionate people. It's not for me. Or, or, or you get more kind of like radical about your lifestyle and you think about, you know, when you first become a Christian, you know, why am I spending this money when there's all this happening? And, and, you be, and then when you go, oh, you, you kind of, oh, yeah, that's just for the young. And what happens over time is that all those trajectories go down and they should be going up. They should be going up. All those trajectories should be going up. And that what happens over time is that they go down. Listen to this quote here. I love this quote. If it's coming up, no, it's not coming up. Okay, go back. Most of us plateau when we lose the, there it is. Most of us plateau when we lose the tension between where we are and where we ought to be. Isn't that right? You know what plateau means? It means you're flatline. You're not growing. You're just stuck. Most of us plateau when we lose the tension between where we are and where we ought to be. But I want to do something this morning. I want to show you, this is kind of like the Christmas story, but a little bit beyond it. And it's two characters who I absolutely love and they don't get much airtime when it comes to the Christmas story, okay? But these are two characters who appear like when Jesus is eight days old, okay? When he's eight days, as part of the tradition, um, he, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about something in my head, okay? Which is a very dangerous thing to do when I've got the microphone. But basically, I hadn't been in the church very long. And someone from a different culture in the world uh, phoned me up and said, Pastor, it is the eighth day. You must come. The baby is ready. You must come. It is the eighth day. I'm thinking, I'm young. I'm thinking, this is circumcision. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. And I'm like, what's going on? I just don't know. And I, I turned up at this house and the house was laid out like a church service and there were loads of people in the living room, all in their Sunday best. And there was a baby being presented to me. I'm looking around for sharp knives. There aren't any sharp knives. I'm looking around for anesthetic and that was for me. There aren't any, none of that. And basically it was a baby naming ceremony and from a different culture and I loved it. And she gave me a list of the baby's names of which there were 15 names. It started with Stephen, fine. And then Jonathan, fine. The next name was, a, was like a countdown anagram, okay? I had no clue. But that was the eighth day. But, but, and, and I don't know why I'm saying that. This is completely nothing to do with the point. On the eighth day, <laughs> on the eighth day, Jesus is taken to the temple. And in the temple, there are two incredible older characters. Let's read the story together. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That basically consolation, you know when you get like a consolation prize, it's not that. It basically is the coming together. It's the, it's, the, it's the coming of the Messiah. It's what all the Jewish people were looking for. And of course, we know that that was Jesus. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Just a beautiful Beautiful story. Let's carry on. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple court. So he's an older guy and he's been waiting, waiting for God to answer him for years. I wonder how many of you have been waiting for God to answer you for years. You've been waiting for something. You've been waiting for the fulfilment of something that God spoke to you about. You've been waiting for God to do what you felt he'd promised to do. How do you wait? Well, this guy says he's moved by the Spirit. That's how he waits. That's how he waits as an older guy. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Okay, there it is. Simeon 
took him in his arms and praised God. Can you just imagine like the emotion in that moment? He's waiting for years in the temple, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then this little baby comes towards him and somehow, because he's so in tune with God, he's so connected to the Spirit of God that the Spirit of God must somehow do something inside of him. So he looks and says, that's him. That's him. That's the baby. That's the waiting that I've been waiting for all these years. And he takes him in his arms, praising God. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. (laughs) That's nice, isn't it? She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. So she'd have been married really young, widowed really young, and then a widow until she was 84. Listen, she never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying over coming up to them at that very moment. So she sees Simeon embracing this little child, Jesus, in her arms. And she comes up and she gave thanks to God and she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. That word redemption of Israel, it's the same idea of the consolation of Israel. It's the coming of the Messiah. So here's two old people and they're waiting for God, but they're waiting a certain way. I think they're waiting in a way that says, I'm going to grow as I wait. I'm going to stay open as I wait. I'm going to be connected to the Spirit as I wait. And I love this picture because there's Simeon with the, with the child in his arms. And then, and then Anna comes along and she's like, and she's talking to everyone else about the child as if it was her own. She's talking to everyone else about the child as if she's the grandma. And she's so proud about the little child. And here's what happens, and it's amazing, but I think these two older characters reveal something that should be a challenge to many of us, okay? And here's my first point, I've only got two. Number one, you can grow when you're older. Now, if you're not sure if you're older enough or not, you are, all right, because you're asking the question, all right? So if you think, well, am I old or not? You definitely are, because you're asking the question. But I want to say to you, if you've been a follower of Jesus for a few years now, okay, And you say you're older. And I hear this all the time. I hear this all the time. I hear older people say to me, what is there in this church for for me? And I get that. I really get that. As I'm getting older, I get that. We talk a lot about reaching people who are not yet Christians. We talk a lot about the next generation and about investing in the next gen. And I get that. But you know, there's a cop out here, guys, where we can say, what's there for me? Rather than say, How do I keep growing the older I get? Because I can. Because I can. And I know there are many old people who are growing and growing and growing and they keep growing. And I want to say, God, help me to be with someone like that. And here's how you know that you're growing. Your character is growing. I think Simeon and Anna, they were growing in their character. Um, I think, secondly, sensitivity to the Spirit of God. They were sensitive. Simeon was moved by the Spirit. You know, when I first became a Christian, I was so sensitive to things. And when I did things wrong, I, I wanted to give my life back to Jesus again. Do you know what I mean? And the, the problem, the older you go on, you, you do things wrong and you lose that sensitivity if you're not careful. You know, if I watch something on TV that I knew I shouldn't have watched, I'm like, oh, you know, I've got to get down to the front of church and bow down. And that's what we used to do in our church. Where's the, the older you go on? You think, oh, it don't matter, or I'm tired, or I deserve it, and all that kind of stuff. We lose the sensitivity to the Spirit of God. But people who are growing, their sensitivity is growing, their character is growing, and their openness is growing. So they embrace the new thing that God does. That's what I love about this. 
You know, as the baby comes in, the Bible just says, Simeon took him in his arms and embraced him. And I'm so glad that we've got so many of you guys in this church who are older in faith and you've seen a lot of things come and go, but you're still embracing the new thing that God is doing. You do realise, don't you, that the new music that you don't like is equivalent of the new music you used to play when you were in your 20s that the older generation didn't like then. You do realise that, don't you? I know that's true because I'm in that category now. I'm like, really? Have we got to do that song? It's flipping horrible. There's no tune. Where's the melody? I can't sing that. Gozo, flipping high, then so flipping low. What's going on with that? And then I say, Dan, let me show you a song from 1986. This is a proper song. This is a proper tune with a proper melody that you can actually sing. And then I remember when I brought out that song in 1986, people would be saying, that's not a proper song. You can't sing that. Listen to the melody. You do know that's what happens. And yet when you're continually growing, you're open and you're sensitive to the Spirit and you're ready to embrace the new thing. When you're not growing, when you're not growing when you get older, your character gets hard and you get a little bit bitter and you lose that sensitivity and you lose that openness and your mindset goes from being an open mindset to a fixed mindset. And listen, if any of you, if any of you feel that you have learned it all, and I know you don't, then you're in trouble, aren't you? And so would I be. But you know, to stay open and to grow this time next year, Jesus. I wonder how many of us could say this time next year, Jesus. Not we'll be millionaires. <laughs> Maybe you will. This time next year, we'll be grown. We'll have grown a little bit more. We'll be a little bit more sensitive. Our character will be a little bit better and stronger. And our openness will be a little bit more. And you can grow when you are older. But here's my second point. You can also grow when you're younger. Because in the next few verses, we read fast forward 12 years when uh, Mary and Joseph go back to Jerusalem with Jesus as a 12-year-old, okay? And 12 in the Jewish culture is just before the age of manhood. So he's kind of like a, in our, in our context, it'd be common like a, a mid to late teen almost because you're a man at 13 in the Jewish culture. But he's 12 here, so he's still a child. And the Bible says that they, they, they go back to Jerusalem and, um, and then they go back home and they travel on for a day and they realise he's not there. And then they go back and they look for him for three days. Now, in our, we'd be calling the social services for bad parenting now, wouldn't we? But, that, but this is basically what happens to Mary and Joseph. And then they find Jesus and he's in the temple. And this is what it says about, about this story. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And then it goes on in verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and in favour with God and man. And I want to say, guys, if you're younger, younger in age, younger in faith, you've got to grow. You've got to grow. Don't fall asleep too close to where you get in. You've got to grow. And it's so important. And I think, you know, let me tell you, there's a key here to growth, and it's this, listening and asking questions. Listening and asking questions. That's how you grow. You know, you know, I'm staggered how many of us don't ask questions. You know, you know, Alison laughs at me because whenever we're watching anything, um, if I don't know like what happened, then I'm Googling it straight away. I want to know. I want to know. Are anyone else like that or is that just me? Okay, a few of you are like that. We're either, we either want to grow or we're sad and we're a little bit <laughs> obsessive. But I want to grow. So listening and asking questions is so, so important. So whether you are older, whether you are younger, we want to grow. How many of you want to grow? Come on. So how do you do it? How do we grow? And, and, and as I was preparing today and, 
You know, I've spoken about this stuff many times, but I felt God gave me two phrases that I've never used before. And the first one was this. This is how we grow, whether you're older or younger. Evaluate your experiences. You see, here's the thing. The one thing we learn from history is that we never learn anything from history, is a classic quote. And when you have experiences in life, it doesn't mean you grow just because you've had the experience. In fact, when you've had the experience, the only thing you can guarantee is this. Through the other side of the experience, you will be older than you were before you began. But it doesn't mean you've grown. Only evaluated experiences cause you to grow. So when you went through something in 2019, did you grow or not? You don't know unless you evaluate it. So what I want to say to you, what has happened to you in 2019? Maybe there have been some moments when you think, oh yeah, that happened at work, didn't it? Do you ever reflect on it? Do you ever think about it? You're like, what happened? What went on inside of me? What did it surface inside of me? We're going to talk about emotions in the new year. And uh, we often think that other people cause us to be angry, but they don't. They, nobody causes you to be angry. They just surface the anger that was already there. And emotions drive us and they control us. But the only way we learn and grow is when we evaluate the experiences. I want to encourage you. Take some time over the next few days, okay guys, the next few days to think about 2019. What happened to you? What happened? What did you do? What did you learn? What did it surface? If you did it again, what would you do differently? That's the way that we grow. We evaluate our experiences. And I love this quote from Andy Stanley, a guy in, in Atlanta in America. If you don't want the next time to be like the last time, do something different in the meantime. Such a great quote. If you don't want the last time, the next time to be like the last time, do something different. This is the reason why so many people say, oh, it's happened to me again. It's happened to me again. I've got in that relationship again. And then I've gone into another relationship, just like the last relationship, which was just like the one before. Why? Because we didn't evaluate the experience. We didn't look at what was going on on the inside. And if you want a different outcome, you've got to do something differently. And, that, and I love that about us as a church as well. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But let, let, me, let me just say, one of the things about this, and I'm, I'm realizing this more as well, is evaluating experiences. It's not just evaluating them in here, but evaluating them in here. And here's something, and I want to say this to you, okay? And we're going to talk more about this in, in, in the new year. If you don't deal with grief or loss, it will deal with you. And as followers of Jesus as well, we're not great at this. And I'll tell you who's even worse than that is leaders are not great at this. Because we're taught and I'm taught that a leader is someone that when they get knocked down and when they get hurt and when they get broken, they get up again and they go on again and they lead and they're strong. And that's true and dangerous. Because if I don't deal with grief if I don't deal with loss, if I don't allow the pain of things that have happened in my life to be surfaced and processed and healthily worked through, they will deal with me in the future. Because they'll leak out. Because if, if you don't express it, you'll, if, you, if you don't express it, you'll suppress it. And when you suppress it, it eventually will leak out. Now, I don't find this easy to do at all. And I know that there's issues that I've got to deal with in this. I know the stuff around Simeon that I'm still working through. We're still working through. I know that. 
But I tell you what, if I don't continually like kind of allow myself that space at times to say, hey, I've got to deal with this, got to work this through, then eventually those kind of things will turn and they'll bite me. And so I want to say to you guys, if you've, and it doesn't mean someone's died. Grief and loss is not always somebody dying. Maybe, maybe you lost a friendship this year. Maybe, maybe a deal went bad at work or maybe, maybe something happened and you know, someone turned on you or whatever and, or, 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 or you wanted to do something that didn't work out or you, or you failed an exam, guys, or you, you, know, you went for something at school or college and it didn't happen or, or your mates turned on you and you've lost friends. And Whenever that happens, evaluate it. Bring it out. Let Jesus deal with it. Because if you do that, you'll grow. If you don't, you won't. Evaluate your experience. And what I love about us as a church is that we, we believe this very much. And one of our values on the staff team is make it better. And so on Monday, <laughs> this is, I'm in the staff, just look at me. Sometimes. So on Monday, we told stories about how great the weekend was. And then a few of us went in the room and said, right, how do we make it better? What do we do? What do we do next year to make it better? What do we learn from? Because if we don't take the learnings now, we'll forget about it in the future. How do we evaluate it? So we're already thinking about different ideas for next year to make it better and to reach more people and to make more of an impact. It's partly why I love what Sam and the team have done with the kids rebrand. You know, just to say, hey, let's make it better. Let's give the kids a different sort of identity. Now we're multi-site. Build a sense of tribe. Build a sense of adventure and purpose so the kids come. Wow, I want to go to my adventurers group, which means more than the old names used to mean. It's about making it better. It's about evaluating it. In January, we're going to start live streaming our Sunday morning service. Okay, because we want to make it better. We want to reach more people. We're always trying to do that because that's how you grow as an individual and as a community. Right, second thing. So, and I'll, I'll land with this. Prioritize your priorities. What does that mean? We've all got priorities. The problem is, I don't think we prioritize them. So we all say, this is so important to me. Is it? But you don't do it. And I say, this is so important to me, but I don't do it again. Another quote from Andy Stanley. Direction, not intention, will determine your destination. Because you can say, hey, I'm going to go to the airport and I'm going to go to Hawaii. Okay? Sounds good, doesn't it? You get on a plane to Moscow, don't matter how much your intention is you want to go to Hawaii, you ain't getting there. Because direction, not intention, will determine our destination. And so, prioritise your priorities, if we go back to that. So, let, let, let me say why it works for me. Put God first. If you're a follower of Jesus, your priority is to put God first. What does that look like? That, oh, that's my priority, to put God first. What does that mean? How do you do that? Let, let me say first, for me, it means giving. So I want to thank you so much as I have done for your giving this last year, 2019. Amazing, amazing that you've given so much. But you know, for me, putting God first isn't just giving when I'm stirred emotionally or stirred by a cause. It's saying, God, the first 10% of everything I get, that goes to you. I don't think about it. I don't think at the end of the month because it goes at the beginning. It goes when my money comes in and I'm blessed and I'm grateful to you for that, God. But 10% of that goes straight back to you through the local church. For me, that's one of the ways of putting God first is giving. I also want to put God first at the start of the day. And that's why for me, just having a little bit of time with God at the start of the day is about putting God first. Now, maybe it's different for you. That's fine. But I think also putting God first for me is also about the start of the week. You know, and that's Sunday and that's gathering. And I want to say to you, yeah, we will be live streaming next year. But that isn't so that some of you can sit in your PJs and watch it and not come to church. 
<laughs> just in case you're checking on that, the idea is so we can reach people who don't want to come to church, who are looking and exploring. And that may be where they check it out first before they come and engage. But here's the thing. You know, the gathering is so important. The gathering is so important. And if you want to grow, prioritise your priorities. So don't think, will I go to church on a Sunday? You just say, that's what we do. That's what we do as a family. Why should you do it? Let me give you three good reasons. Number one, you need it. Number two, God commands it. And number three, your kids deserve it. So you need it because however spiritual you think you are today, if you don't gather with people, I know that if I stop doing that, okay, it would affect me spiritually eventually. I have never ever seen decreased attendance lead to an increased devotion. Never. I've never met somebody who has decreased their attendance, but who's got an increased devotion. Never met them. If you've met them, that's great. I've never met anyone. You need it. God commands it. You know, it says in Hebrews, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But, and he commands it not for his sake. He doesn't need it. He commands it for our sake because he knows that we do. And if you want your kids to have a relationship with Jesus into their teens and their 20s, you have to prioritise gathering while they're young. While they're young. And there's loads of stuff to do on a Sunday. I get all of that. But they'll never build relationship with other peers. They'll never get consistency and get to know other leaders if you are not consistent with them as well. So I want to encourage you guys over this Christmas, prioritise your priorities. Put him first. So hey, there's this brand new series coming up six weeks. You're not the boss of me. You know, I'm going to put that in my diary. I'm going to be there every week. And if I can't make Sunday morning, I'm going to haggle it at four o'clock. And if I am away, then I'm going to tune in and watch it on YouTube. But, wherever, but here's the thing, you can get the podcast, but you cannot podcast an experience. And when God's presence is here and we're, we're evaluating and innovating what we do on a Sunday morning, we want to create more opportunity for people to encounter God. Uh, and, and you can't podcast that. Okay, and so I want to encourage you to put that in your diary. Then on the first full Friday, not the first Friday, but the first full Friday, like when we're all back, on the 10th, um, we are doing an encounter on a Friday the 10th of January. And that's a three hours of worship and prayer again, just to, at the start of the year. So, hey, let's put God first. We need it. Let's put Him first into our year and our decade. So this time next year, who wants to grow? I know I do. It ain't going to just happen by me putting my hand up. It's going to happen when I evaluate my experiences. When I, don't just, when I don't just go through something, but when I let something go through me and I learn through it, good or bad or ugly. And secondly, I'm going to grow when I prioritise my priorities. I want to invite the band to come back up. And um, <clears throat> I, found, I found this on the, on the internet, which I thought was, was interesting. 200 or so years ago, in fact, yeah, a little bit longer than that, 230, no, even 250 years ago, a guy called Jonathan Edwards, not the triple jumper, uh, but, but an, an evangelist who God used mightily all across the world. So, so the language is really old, but he had some resolutions, okay? And he had loads of them, and I'm just picking out a few. This is his priorities for growth. It says this, resolved to live with all my might while I do live. Resolved never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if I expected it would not be above an hour before I should hear the last trump. And for those of you that don't know what that means, it doesn't mean what you think it means. And it isn't anything to do with Donald neither. It's like, I'm going to die. I hear that last kind of trumpet call. 
<laughs> Resolve to inquire every night before I go to bed whether I've acted in the best way I possibly could with respect to eating and drinking. Wow. Resolve never to speak evil of anyone so that, so that it shall tend to his dishonour. Resolve to study the Scriptures so steadily, constantly and frequently as that I may find and plainly perceive myself to grow in the knowledge of God. Resolve to ask myself at the end of every day, week, month and year, wherein I could possibly in any respect have done better. <laughs> Resolve after afflictions to inquire what I am the better for those afflictions. What good I have got by those afflictions and what I might have got by those afflictions. That's someone who is committed to grow, isn't it? So I want to invite you, I want to invite you this morning at the end of our time and the last Sunday that we're together uh, in 2019 to resolve this time next year, Rodney, <laughs> we will grow. Amen. Let me, let me pray for you. Why don't we stand together? Why don't we stand? Jesus, we thank you so much for all that's happened to us in 2019. God, for some of us, as we maybe start to look back a little bit, there's been some amazing moments. There's been some great things. But Lord, for many of us, there's been some difficult things as well. There's been some tough stuff. There's been some pain, some loss, some grief. And God, many of us, as we look forward to 2020, we're, many of us are excited and we're, yeah, bring it on. And some of us are like, oh, we don't know what's happening. Some of us in this room are saying, this time, next year I don't even know where I'll be I don't know whether I'll be here I don't know what will happen and we can't see beyond that God in one sense we're never meant to see that none of us know that but Lord I pray that this morning in these last few moments that we will we will bring to you whatever whatever is in us and God will bring to you this morning our gratitude for all that you've done in 2019 and, and all of your care and all of your faithfulness and all of your love and God, we'll commit today, we'll resolve today to say, Jesus, this time next year, we will have grown. This time next year, we won't have stayed to where we got in. We won't fall asleep where we get in. This time next year, we'll go further. Maybe if we're not a follower of Jesus this morning, maybe we'll say, hey, this time next year, maybe I'll have checked it out. Maybe I'll have taken a step. But if we are, that we together will say, Lord, this time next year, help me to have grown as I evaluate my experiences, prioritise my priorities, help me to have grown. I don't want to be the same as I am this time this year. And Lord, this time next year depends a lot on what happens this time today and this time tomorrow and this time January the 5th and this time next June. Because Lord, next year doesn't just happen. Yeah, it does. But if we want to grow, then God is all about the choices that we make today. So Lord, we just say, God, would you come and would you do what you want to do in us, I pray, and help us to grow in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we finish, we're going to sing this last song, which is a great song. We've sung it many times. It's an older song. It's got a singable tune. I'm only joking. Dan. And um, But you know, as we do sing it, I just want to say, those of you that invited people last weekend who didn't come, let me put your hand up. If you invite someone who didn't come, because that's us. You are heroes. You are heroes. Because you were never ever responsible for them coming only for inviting them. Now, hands up if you invite someone who did come. 
You are also heroes. And here's the challenge. What are you gonna do with the invitation that they responded to? Because now the onus is on you to have a conversation with them and maybe to pray with them or for them and maybe invite them back again in 2020. Maybe that Alpha launch night, there's a response slip, by the way, on your seat as well. And take that with you guys. If you don't want to use it, use it to invite someone else to the series or to Alpha or to the church. And maybe say to them, hey, if you're interested in that Alpha launch night, I'll come with you and I'll sit with you. That could be a game changer for them. So as we lift up our voices and as we give God thanks for all He's done in 2019, we're looking ahead to 2020, amen. And we don't know what it's going to look like, but whatever it looks like, we want to say, Lord, this time next year, I want to have grown. Amen.